0: Hey, third partiers, quick announcement. I had some technical difficulties and my mic quality is not at its usual level for this episode. I apologize for the inconvenience. Have a nice day. Enjoy the show. Oh no, there's another squad attacking! Welcome to the Third Party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's going really well, Shay. I'm very excited for the new
1: season, uh, and I think we have a lot to talk about.
0: It's a busy day, but yeah, the new season is right around the corner, and... And I think people, a lot of people are excited. And I think it's going to be a really fun one. Uh, it's a good time of the year to play Apex and get new updates because there's not a lot else going on in the gaming industry, I feel like. That's so right. all the all the attention's over there. But yeah, like Henry kind of mentioned, we got a lot today. We're going over the really exciting build up to Season 13 and just all the big Apex news that has come along with it in the last week. Before we do that, though, we want to make sure you join us on Discord to chat. Apex, ask questions for the podcast, find teammates, and receive third-party updates. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Shea and at H.P. person Links for those are in the description. Twitter is getting pretty active, folks. So if you're
1: not over there, get over there. A lot. I try mm-hmm. to keep it real. Uh, more of a direct uh, pathway to my public thoughts about Apex and other things. Um, other big news is... We've talked about in the last couple episodes. We have another third-party Invitational. Date is set for June 4th at 12 p.m. PDT. First come, first served. Sign-ups are now live on Patreon. So if you are a patron, head over there. You'll be able to sign up
0: and uh, check out the rules. Yeah. Um, and for anyone that was curious, no big sweeping rule changes for this tournament this time around. Um, if you you know want to get into the details of that and some people's thoughts, join the Patreon. Go check out the poll. Uh, but yeah, we ended up voting on it, and nothing came out of it that was uh, overwhelmingly necessary to change. But we have some other ideas in the works potentially for some more, let's just say crazier uh, private lobbies, crazier ideas. But we'll see. With that though, let's dive into the news. First piece of news, the ALGS split two playoffs just wrapped up over the weekend. The first land in a while was great to watch. Let's just take a second to talk about Nice Wig's casting, man, because it was freaking great to see him live from Sweden, just absolutely killing it. Yeah, it was incredible. I really enjoyed what he and Greek did. And,
1: you know, he's been casting on his own, on his own stream for a couple events over the last year or so. And I just am so happy that Respawn EA gave him this opportunity to be on the be on the main stage pretty much uh, yeah. for this
0: amazing event and killed it. Absolutely killed it. He had it. some serious viewership too. It was it was great to see. And overall, just the entire viewing experience of this event was awesome. I mean, you were talking to me about like the dashboard stuff they had going on mm-hmm. where you could switch between any team's perspective. There was just a lot of really cool, great features that along with the fact that you actually got to see people's you know faces and cameras in person. It was a really cool combo to watch.
1: Yeah, it was just like Formula One. You can
0: go to any driver, <laughs> any team, get the comms. It was uh, a really fun to watch. Uh, the winners, though. Reignite took first place. Team Liquid took second place. And Team Unite took third place. So, uh, I mean, some newer faces mm-hmm. to the top three over there. Um, and then also, we had a new face joining... Apex Pro Scene in general, Optic signed and picked up an Apex esports team, and they actually placed fourth in this tournament. So, always great to see another org come in, and congrats to Reignite on a nice win because there was some crazy end games uh, that they went through to kind of close things out. It was so so competitive, just that you you would expect. Like this was a
1: pretty monumental event for Apex Legends esports being the first time that a lot of these players had played against each other, um, mm-hmm. really, I think, threw a lot of the, our top teams for a loop. And I think a lot of people would say that the results of this tournament were an upset you know, for mm-hmm. a lot of things. Like Things did not pan out the way a lot of the top NA teams expected. Um, just because they weren't expecting, they haven't played against these team comps, they don't know these players. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that made it more enjoyable to watch.
0: Yeah, it, it was really cool to see some of the best that had never played each other go up against each other on even ping.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
0: the big thing. <laughs> For sure. sure. Uh, let's talk about some pick rate highlights, though, real quick. It was a really diverse group of legends kind of making some appearances. And you know, we can rattle through it real quick. But, you know, we had Valk at 95, Gibraltar 85, Caustic 35%, Crypto 24, Ash 15, Watson 12, Horizon 7. Loba four, Bloodhound four, and Octane 0.43. Obviously the big first thing to point out out of that is uh zero Wraith and Ash kind of making that full replacement of Wraith, how some pros kind of theorized a while back when Ash first released what uh that she could be a you know serious replacement for her in there. And yeah, that caustic crypto meta right now in the ALGS is something interesting to watch. Um how do you how do you feel about caustic end games and stuff and seeing All the gas everywhere in those final circles it's a lot as a viewer i think to check out it's too bad
1: i don't think anybody really loves it um Mm -hmm. but if if i'm being honest i think that the pick rates that we saw perfectly reflect what i think the meta is for top apex i fully agree with this when there's thousands of dollars on the line you need to have a caustic To win these games. You cannot survive in those, you know, small shrinks without acaustic. So I I just think that it's fascinating to have acaustic crypto, being able to EMP and scan the beacon. And then I'm so thankful that the two most powerful legends in the game are the two most popular now. Valkyrie and Gibraltar are, without a doubt in my mind, the two most necessary legends. Valkyrie has a game-breaking ultimate that took people a while to catch up on, and Gibraltar has the most powerful tactical in the game. And I'm just happy to see that my views are uh, agreed with uh, Mm with the people that play at the
0: professional level. Yeah, it's so interesting to see the timeline it takes for some of this stuff to happen. And it's really interesting to see how, you know, seeing all the pros in person talk about how maps really have been affecting you know, the legends that they choose and such as well. And that there was a lot of people switching up as they switched between maps, which mm-hmm. is, I think, why we got such a diverse roster as well. Um, really, really interesting. I thought the craziest thing to me was seeing those Kostikin games and seeing yeah. them throw out the barrels, use them as cover, and them not just get shot and destroyed anymore, which, you know, you can. It's just crazy that because there's so many teams in that late game. It's just, you can't focus on it. There's so much going on. Yeah. Um yeah, really interesting though. And a great tournament. I'm really excited for the championships that are coming up in July, I believe. Agreed. Yep. Next piece of news though, Apex Legends Mobile will release worldwide this month. It's gonna launch with 10 legends. We're gonna have the classics World's Edge and King's Canyon on launch. Uh, And it's going to come with ranked play from the get-go, plus some mobile exclusive modes. So it's official. Uh, We've talked that length on Apex Mobile, so we don't need to really dive too much into it. But any thoughts on the kind of 10 Legends at launch? It's definitely not going to be a mirror of the game we're used to. (laughs) I'm honestly shocked by
1: that. I, I really felt like Apex Legends... Was so, it was so important to include the legends that everybody has learned to love and play and main over the last three years. To not include, you know, some of them, like Loba, on release, mm-hmm. I think is a, is a tough call. But like you said, a very different game. Um, the other thing that I'm surprised about is I thought that mobile was going to come out before the new season of the main mm-hmm. game. Um, mm-hmm doesn't really seem like that's going to happen so i'm really curious about how they will intersect and uh how the timing will be i'm curious it it could be next week at the same time it could be two weeks after Uh, it's hard to tell it's going to
0: be two very different games it's Mm going to be really interesting and the pacing in which they release legends is going to be one to monitor i'm so curious are map updates going to be the same as they have been for the regular mode but yeah. they're just coming at a different time like is it going to be a different story at this point it's it's going to be crazy um yeah for sure uh next piece of news though there was a dextero interview with a developer that went live it was a pretty interesting one And there's some potential changes coming to Legends releases in general. And according to senior character designer Devin McGuire, Apex's primary focus remains on gunplay over Legends' abilities. But he mentioned that adding more Legends continues to make it harder to make them unique, stating, without being overpowered or too niche. Which is obviously something Henry and I have talked about at length. McGuire went on to state, though, that there could be a breaking point with Legends releasing each season he said whether or not that pattern continues is an ongoing discussion and it might not be changed but we don't want to saturate the pool. Oh man, let's talk about this for a second cuz when someone says that it might not be changed but we don't want to saturate the pool. Like what the heck? You say you just don't know what you want to do cuz we heard the same thing about weapons and then you released four in a year yeah. at one point. So I don't know what to you know, I don't know what to say at this point with those kinds of comments. I I really hear what you're saying Shay
1: and I think <laughs> that we're going to be saying words like that more at the beginning of the season. It's difficult to tell what the direction is here. Um you know it, to just take it from the top mentioning that Apex primary focus is on gunplay. Yes, obviously. But legend is in the title. So having new legends for a season is pretty important it has been um we've stuck to that cadence well past past like the opportunity to switch it up and say oh for year two for year three we're gonna reset or do something different we're past that so i feel like at this point they've committed to having that as their cadence of content that being the core of new season releases and that's really what are getting people hyped to play and come back to try the new legend and to get excited and to unlock them and to get the credits to play the new character saying that they're all defense. Look at the
0: season though. Like This entire season it's Newcastle, Newcastle, Newcastle. Everything. We've had seasons where the map is the main emphasis and stuff and the legend feels a little secondary. What would you do for this season if there was no new legend. It would be a map change and I, minimal balancing because the team doesn't do much over there right now. I'll sit here right now and tell you that
1: I think it's an impossibility that they stop <laughs> with the cadence. Um, the fact that that is something that they're not willing to say is shocking and maybe be scary. Um, but more so, I think, that the timing of this conversation and this interview uh, with a senior character designer, just so you know, If Legends don't come out every season, this guy might lose his job, you know, because Mm -hmm. they won't need a senior anymore uh, to oversee just uh, one or two Legends a year. Um, But the timing is so fascinating because we talked about it on a previous episode. Newcastle's kit is kind of a combination of an old Lifeline ability, a Gibraltar ability, and then a supercharged Rampart ability. That's kind of recycled. You might say, wow. That that's a hard niche to fill, right there. Are you really coming up with something unique? Maybe the legend pool is already saturated. So I think Newcastle coming into the game, as we know him to be kit wise, really is interesting to compare against these words that we might not change the cadence, but we don't want to saturate the pool. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. you're making me nervous. And the thing that we were talking about behind the scenes is a lot of the the kind of founding team and the first uh, one, two years of development was run by people that had had experience with league of legends. Mm -hmm. And that game has such a deep roster of playable characters that when a new uh, champion comes in, sometimes they have to tweak them, nerf them, rework them just to make room for another person to come in. I think that's a possibility for this season. Um, but that's how you avoid saturation, keeping it fresh, keeping the content coming out by mm-hmm. changing the existing roster. I don't love that because you would hate for Lifeline to get you know, abilities taken away and given to a new character. That's not super fun, but mm-hmm. I think that is the option if you
0: continue mm-hmm. down this path in order to avoid that saturation. I don't think you're going to ever avoid saturation. And eventually, if you bring someone in every year and it's a 10-year game, yeah, there's going to be people that are really similar to each other. I mean, look at Ash and Wraith. They have you know, the same end goal, get from point A to point B. They just do so in different ways with the same technology and theory. So there's going to be overlap and such. And that's not a problem, in my opinion, as long as there's pros and cons to both or reasons why you should go each direction. If you get to the point where you know some people will say you know if you get to the power creep point where every new legend you bring in is just so powerful that the old ones feel irrelevant that's more of a larger issue to me um but that's not what they talked about they just talked about keeping the loot pool saturated so we'll see what happens something to definitely monitor uh, another developer uh, shuts down also shut down the idea of adding weapon loadouts to apex uh evan Nikolic, senior design director on Apex, shut down this idea with a very simple message stating that devs believe RNG is core to the VR experience. Essentially, people have kind of continued to push this. Uh, Let's look at Warzone weapon loadouts. They're great. Let's continue to do this. They were asked about it. Pretty much just said, no, it's not happening, which you know, was something we had floated around for a while that though. we thought maybe they were going to experiment with. You've been playing some other BRs recently as well with your free time. And I think uh, you've settled on the, yeah, I like Apex's system. We don't need no loadouts or anything like that.
1: (laughs) We don't need a ton more weapons. We don't really need anything. Apex is far and above the best BR on the market right now. Um, You know, I... I agree. I don't think we need a loadout system. I don't think care packages should be replaced with you come down and you pick one of your preset loadouts or a loadout that's in control or Winter Express, whatever, that's pre-made. I don't think that's necessary. But it is fascinating to hear that, according to the senior design director, the devs are in agreement that RNG is core to the BR. Yeah. Replicators are anti-RNG. Especially if you're putting weapons into the replicator, you are decreasing speak RNG. Louder
0: than words. like
1: you are mm-hmm. taking an action that is so opposite to that. I do not think it like ruins the BR experience at all, but I, I find that interesting, because they're very similar mechanics to say, loadout drop comes in, you pick your loadout, go up to a replicator, you craft the weapon that you want. It's not exactly like one for one, but definitely similar and definitely are both decreasing
0: RNG in their own right. Yeah, 100%. It's definitely... their, their way they're changing the game does not really match that standpoint uh, to the max. So it's definitely weird. But before we get into the rest of the episode and talk about gameplay trailers and the latest updates, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Let's dive into the gameplay trailer that was just released. Um, Yeah, so recently the latest gameplay trailer came out for the season, highlighted some of the changes we could potentially see. And you know, we kind of try to, you take the launch trailer with a grain of salt because they, you know, do the theatrics for the launch trailer. The gameplay trailer, that's what's actually happening. So this is a little bit more fun to dive into. Uh, But some of the highlights, they set an interesting tone for the season and the story. The narrator opens up saying like, we don't know where this, why the sea monster attacked. We don't know where it came from. Well, it probably came from the sea. I um, just thought that was a little <laughs> interesting that that was said. But, probably came from uh, the
1: sky. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, thought, another planet dropped it in. Maybe, yeah, who maybe knows? Eduardo phased it in or something. Yep. Like, I, I just thought that was kind of funny. Nobody like, the narrator who, who obviously is the one you got to take the simplest perspective. It's impossible. <laughs> who knows? Anyways, some other things to pick out. It's looking like we're getting the Spitfire Evolving skin, which means we might get the Spitfire back on the ground. We'll dive into some of the other ground weapon changes later, and maybe we can circle back to the Spitfire thing in a little bit there. Um, they heavily highlighted Ranked Reloaded. But had no details. I thought it was hilarious. They flashed ranked reloaded on the screen, mm-hmm. and I was expecting to get like one of those cuts into the lobby or like the yep. scoreboard or like an, a simple explanation of what was changing. Yep. But that was it. It was just ranked reloaded, and then they just went back to the gameplay, uh, which was quite funny <laughs> to me, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. We're going to talk more about that on Saturday. I yes. almost guarantee.
0: Definitely. Uh, And then also the gameplay trailer was approved by Eduardo Silva and paid for by the Syndicate. Overall, just the tone of that was kind of interesting from the narration's opening to the ending. We're going to get some cool lore, I think, uh, along the way. Let's talk Newcastle, though, because we got to see his abilities in action and learned a little bit. Um, I got to point out, the revive shield was colored the same as a grey knockdown. Could be totally nothing, just design. I just thought it was an interesting note. And I thought it was interesting that his shield was colored blue and his finisher, and so maybe there is something there. We theorized on this knockdown thing before in the past. Um, I'd love, um, we'll probably find that soon in a, a legend trailer. Um, but also, his tactical shield was a bit bigger uh, than I think we were expecting. Had a bit more of curve. And just general cover to it than I was personally expecting, uh, and that is going to you know make a little bit of a difference when we talk about how and why you use an ability. The UI and leap on his ultimate to activate it looked pretty big. looked like he could go very far, and it activated very quick. He had a jetpack throwing him into the ground, essentially. Like his knees hurt is all I'm trying to Bad. say. Yeah, he needs a knee yeah. brace. He's probably going to need to take an ice bath. Um, Good thing he's got that suit. But even so, it's like woof. And then got to point out his tactical deflected Maggie's ultimate, which is kind of an interesting little counter. And you were talking about how it was interesting to see it bounce off the ultimate rather than like the Gibraltar bubble where they tend to explode when they hit the ultimate. So it can kind of, it depends
1: on the angle. I think it -hmm. it was interesting to see that pointed out here. Um, But the interaction with Maggie's ultimate is a little bit of a wild card. So I don't know how much to read into that. Um, I will yeah, say think, though? Mm-hmm. the big question right now is how permanent is Newcastle's ultimate? Does this have a thousand hit points? Does this have yeah. 300? Does this have mm-hmm. 700? I'm curious. Is it one clip
0: or is it th- three or four clips? Cause that's a big difference. It's like... big
1: because the fact that it doesn't have uh, like, it can't regenerate. It doesn't amp mm-hmm. anything. It doesn't give you any offensive ability. It's not a trap. It's just a wall that your team can hide behind and shoot from. Yeah. If three teams focus you with spitfires and mm-hmm. flatlines, are is, are they going to take you out? Like, I, I wonder. Like, a couple nades and a couple clips, are you done? Or is this, like, something where this gets thrown down in front of your team and you turn around because you're like, we can't. they're we can't hit them like we're never going to yeah. get a knock against them when we're out without that kind of cover and they have that incredible mm-hmm. cover big question mark
0: i think yeah yeah it's going to be really cool to see and i'm sure we'll see it soon in terms of getting the actual description of the legend and hit points and such um but yeah i think you nailed it and saying that's a big big power difference and it's just one of those things where it just comes down to the numbers of the ability specifically so we really can't you can't speak to how good the ultimate is as of now, because it really does come down to that in the end. Um, but yeah, I think the tactical, I'm gonna be honest with you, it looks better than I thought. I, I know we were a bit on the more pessimistic side of the tactical, uh, seeing that you know it's not just gonna be like a hey, you've got only like one flat direction and yeah. someone's gonna be able to grab an angle on you pretty easily. Like there's some curve to it, you can go inside of it to an extent. I think it's going to be really nice. And, you know, like with the ultimate, is it going to be, you know, invincible? Will it have hit points? How long does it last? What's the cooldown? Lots to go into. It's
1: going to come down to the numbers for sure on that ability, Mm -hmm. but I'm more concerned about the user experience. How fast does it travel? How easy Mm -hmm. is it to deploy? How easy is it to change its direction? Like, how can I... How can I master this ability so that my teammates aren't left exposed when I pivot it to the right? Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a really hard ability to use. Um, Good thing we got Mastering the Legends
0: coming. Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. But yeah, uh, we don't need to talk about this much more because I think that we're going to get more updates shortly and get really into the details of it soon. So let's talk about what is official, though, and the Stormpoint map changes. So. A little description high level about Stormpoint Respawn, you know, kind of put out a statement saying they are by no means not done with the map and they want it to stand shoulder to shoulder with the other maps in the game competitively. Kind of sad that that has to be said that there's been that much, you know, outcry and backlash about the map, but it is what it is. From the patch notes, uh, it was stated that the goal with this map update was to add new content and improve map features while not subtracting anything. I'm glad that was stated because I feel like that's the goal. for Every map update, right? <laughs> Good goal. Let's see if they can execute. So, we'll, we'll go through the two big changes. First, the new POI down beast. We're just going to read from the patch notes here, get you guys the full details. The ecological cleanup and hazard outreach Echo, previously seen on King's Canyon, has arrived on Storm Point to clean up the mess so the games can continue. However, the enormous Dead Sea creature will take a long time to remove, and so it is transformed what was once a large, empty length of shoreline. This POI is a high-tier loot location that connects three rotations, north pad, checkpoint, and the mill. On the drop, you will see a large crane on the floating barge, which is part of the echo structures surrounding the downed beast. The beast's hard shell will provide plenty of protection from overhead attacks. The gravity cannon here allows players to assess the top of the beast, uh, access the top of the beast or quickly, flee if the ring is approaching. Teams are encouraged to land on one of the platforms and gather loot at one of the many echo tents, then make their way through the interior of the beast. But it could be risky. It might feel intimidating to approach, but you will find a high tier loot zone inside the fight for. Kind of interesting. And I gotta say, you know, give your first impressions, because I'm glad that you seem to like this one, at least from first glance.
1: I think having this downed beast in the map looks really cool. And mm-hmm. I'm honestly a little surprised that I feel that way because this is so counter to anything we've ever had as a poi. Like we haven't yeah. had something organic and kind of cartoony like this almost. We had skulls. Yeah, which is yeah. a little bit more refined and normal for a for a shooter experience that's in this genre. Um, so this is kind of out there, but I love how the the open jaw looks and the face. I think this is a it's a really cool aesthetic uh, for a mm-hmm. poi. The things that I think are a little weird is that there are zip lines inside and around yeah, yeah. the creature. I'm not sure why Echo would install some of those, um, but you I gotta guess transport yourself around, man. Yeah, they they're just zipping around with their mm-hmm. with their saws. Around, um, what do you think about the kind of return of these Echo tents uh, that we saw in
0: the last uh, major Kings Canyon update? yeah i mean they're not very good at their jobs because echo's been working on cleaning up kings for a long time now um still oil everywhere caustic had to get involved he did so uh, i won't expect this poi to go anywhere anytime soon Uh, It's probably not going to get cleaned Mm -hmm. up no but in all seriousness i think that lore is cool i i'm sure with it popping back up again we might actually learn something else about it eventually like is it controlled by Silva? You know, is it a syndicate tool? Where does it actually fit in? Is it a, you know, because now our, you know, what's uh the our Peace Corps? What was Lifeline part of? Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the. Um, yeah,
1: they call it. It was the Frontier Corps. Now it's the Syndicate the frontier
0: Corps. Corps. Now it's the Syndicate core So like we've seen stuff like humanitarian mm-hmm. stuff change, or this could 100% just be like a name of something they made up to justify having a change come in anytime something is destroyed on a map and we'll yeah. actually like never get you know lore stuff behind it. But it opens the door for like, you know, maybe there's an echo employee that's been working on Kings Canyon and then works on Stormpoint and is like, wow, these guys really suck. Like I've been watching the games for a while. I should just go in and do this myself. I'll get paid a lot more than cleaning up their messes. Like Yeah, you're
1: already on site, already know everybody. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. From a game perspective chemicals.
0: Like do you like this this
1: type of building this family of buildings is it a upgrade to the current
0: gameplay feature on storm point you know it's a weird one i it's not an easy building to defend in terms of its Mm -hmm. general structure at all no windows though i like it more than the olympus like circular buildings so you pick and choose i think but It's not always fun when like our new POI has you know the same buildings as it's you know always had in the past. a Little cookie cutter, Uh, but I don't mind them too much. They're not my favorites, but they're not my least favorite. How about you?
1: I I I agree with that. I think they they're not the worst buildings we've ever seen. Um, They are difficult to defend, but they're better than others.
0: Um, So I think we got to take that. Yeah, take take the win while we can. Mm But yeah, I think you're right. Like the aesthetic looks great. It's a huge POI from the looks of it, which is always fun to get added in. And so I'm really excited to see, you know, how it operates. I'm probably more excited for this next thing though. So do you have any other thoughts or can we talk about this? Let's next head. Thing? So we got a new map extensions, is what it was called. A map extension. Interesting title. We've never heard that before. The IMC Armories. IMC armories have been dormant underground for decades on Storm Point. Before the war ended, the IMC created these automated combat support structures and stored them deep underground. Originally intended to support IMC pilots in combat, they were never activated until now. When the creature emerged, a seismic threat was detected. In response, the armories activated and rose to the surface. When you approach the armory, the ramp will automatically open to provide access to the interior. Once inside, you'll find a payload of weapons and a button to access the valuable loot stored inside of it, which happens to be guarded by specters. Activating the Armory will close and lock the ramp and then initiate combat against multiple waves of specters. Survive for 60 seconds and you will receive smart loot that is catered to upgrade your loadout. The more specters you can eliminate as a squad, the more loot you'll receive. After completing the challenge, you have the option to eject up into the sky or simply leave the way you came. Your squad can also use the rooftop as advantageous high ground. There's gonna be four of these sprinkled throughout the map. Um, and response said that as of now they're only gonna be on Storm Point, but if players like them, they could be added to other maps. We're currently looking at locations between Fish Farms and Gill Station, near the wall, outside the unnamed POI near Lightning Rod, and between Sinope Cave and the Mill. So those are changes. Yeah, you know, we have the new POI coming in and we have these four map extensions. But I think the gameplay coming from these are it's really, really cool generally. And it's something new in terms of being locked into something. It, like Bloodhound trials, you still can get thirded, killed anytime, loop stolen. Once you go into these, you're isolated. And the redeploy function allows it to, you know, be pretty, you know, safe. It's not like you're just gonna get camped while you're doing this, yeah. essentially.
1: Yeah, it definitely is reminiscent of a mini game in a lot of ways, yeah. the fact that you are say if you're doing something separate in order to get ahead in the main game. Um I've been personally wanting Spectres to make an appearance uh, in Apex for over two years. So I'm really, really excited. The Uh, lore for this is great. The lore for this is great. I think the gameplay Mm -hmm. experience is going to be great. Um, There's a couple questions I think we still have that we're just going to have to play and find out. Um, You know, is it, you're in there for 60 seconds, it's one challenge, you then get your smart supply bins that give you. Uh, a different reward if you survive or not man, Is man, it We're so close now to smart pistol just one different word so close so <laughs> close and, you know they mentioned that the more specters you eliminate as a squad, the more loot you'll receive does that mean mm-hmm. more smart supply bins? Does that mean yeah. specters will drop loot when you kill individual ones? Yeah. It's a little unclear i'm I'm mostly curious about is this going to be good stuff is this going to yeah. be gold weapons or armor or mm-hmm. is this going to be underwhelming because this is in my opinion a substantial amount of time and you're taking a serious side side detour and yeah, side quest there's four of them so ignoring them completely isn't really an option
0: mm-hmm. is
1: it something that
0: really is going to shake up the game from a loop perspective I mean, is it going to be a one-time-only thing? Or are you going to be able to do it twice personally? Yeah. Are you going to be able... Is another team going to come in after and do it as well? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great question as well. Um, yeah, I'm fascinated, though, by this. Because there's a lot of questions, like you just mentioned. I lean towards it's not going to be full guns. I think it'll be more like a take a lifeline ultimate, essentially, and put it into this. Yeah. Um, I also think about it as... Man, what if uh what if the storm shrinks over by this? Four squads left. One team goes inside and now you're just safe for 60 seconds yeah. in theory? It It's disruptive.
1: It's disruptive. Yeah. We've never seen anything like this for a reason. This is very experimental. Um I think that it's fun, but we'll see. Um I do not think this is going to pop up on other maps. I think that's kind of a a write-off statement. Um we haven't seen charge towers come to any other maps, I don't think we're going to see anything like this pop up on another map. Maybe I'm being pessimistic, but I just don't really believe that. I think it'd be really hard to sell it uh, and actually implement it into another map, especially an existing one. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is an interesting thing. I'm kind of surprised that we got a whole blog article about uh, these just two new features, but we still probably have more questions than answers about the uh, armories.
0: Yeah. And we didn't really see them in too much detail in the oh. gameplay trailer, honestly. So uh, yeah, it'll be really interesting to monitor. Um, I guess. We'll keep going. We got some quality of life updates as well. There was a new Prowler camp added in the Asino Cave. Uh, they another Prowler camp southwest of the mill was improved to be more dynamic, mostly adding flat rocks and terracing for the players and AI to traverse. A spider nest near North Command Center, or a spider nest north of Command Center, was also improved by adding a rock archway to bring the nest closer together. So, some changes to the PVE stuff that people have expressed some frustration around, and just overall, hopefully, lots of bug fixes that help make the map a little bit better. Um, I think, generally, looking at this map update as a whole, um, there's not a ton here in terms of just quantity of changes, and I think people are pretty far away from saying storm points like a really really fun map to play and i think it's a i think it's a solid map it looks great you know i think it fits better for comp as of now in terms of the pacing but pubs it's just too often currently where you just you know find yourself running around looking for people on this map and i'm not sure if these changes truly address that in any way shape or form we got you know four things that throughout the map that pause people for longer and you know, a POI added to the edge of the map also. So it's tough scenes, I think, a little bit.
1: (laughs) I echo a lot of those statements. The positive note that I'll end on for the map changes are, I am more optimistic about these changes than the last changes on Olympus. I think these are more substantial. And even if, Mm -hmm. you know, we look at them and we say, oh, that's not that much, you could do more. I think we're getting more than what we got on Olympus. And that's something to be happy about.
0: A glass half-full, I like it. it. Let's talk about some other changes. The big one, R3-1 and Rampage. They're going to be in Replicators for Season 13. I don't know. How hyperbole can I get? Can I call this the biggest change to the game since we've started the podcast? Yeah. I think you can. Um, It's crazy. Combine it with the Spitfire coming back to the ground as well, in theory. And and a real mystery
1: card on what goes
0: into the supply drop. My theory's wingman. I know you're not on that at all. I would love to see like the hemlock go in or something, like a cracked yeah. hemlock. That'd be really fun. But there's just so much community outcry. And so it's going to be such a great t- study to see. They put the wingman in. Because I'm saying heavy for heavy in theory. My goodness. That just means the community is having a serious impact on balancing and changing the game more than we ever thought they would.
1: Yeah. I, I believe the same thing as you do, that this is the largest change that has ever happened to Apex Legends, period. The R301 getting really taken away uh, from the ground loot experience. I'm incredibly distraught about it. Like, I'm, it really <laughs> affects my life personally. I feel like this is something that hits hard. I've been having conversations with everybody I can uh, on social media, in my community, friends, family,
0: and... Uh, <laughs> First Nobody they took the
1: G7. Yeah. Now they,
0: now they took Kicking this. me while
1: I'm down. I, I honestly have been surprised that people haven't been as concerned as I am. Mm-hmm. I, I think that this is the most iconic weapon in the game. I think this is the most approachable weapon in the game. And I think by removing it, not only are you changing the Apex Legends experience for all players, but you are overnight making this game more difficult. To approach. Yeah. Now, a lot of people say this isn't a big deal. They say well, yeah. R301 is overpowered. I welcome the change. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is going to be refreshing. All right. The, yeah. Can't really argue with that. Like, if that's your opinion, that's your opinion. I have never died to an R301 and said, dang, that gun is just broken. I think there's other weapons that you could maybe say that. Charge rifle. Volt in the care package, you know, there's very, very powerful weapons. The R301, I think it's pretty dang balanced. I've never really said that I don't think that weapon is balanced, but I think there is a decent group of people, a decently sized group of people that think the R301 is an unfair weapon. Um, the other thing is people say, hey, this isn't a big deal because you can replicate it. Yeah, <laughs> I disagree with that. I just <laughs> disagree with that um, based off of the economics of how the crafting works in this game. Um, Mm -hmm. Yes, if you love the R301, now you have the option to make that a priority. That means that you may have to change your drop location to go to a Mm -hmm. replicator. That might mean you're not taking early fights, and you might have less kills in a game because Mm -hmm. of this change alone. It means that in order to get the R301, you need to randomly secure at least blue armor, get some ammo, get some sort of attachment that makes that r one you craft better than a weapon that you pick up on the ground
0: mm-hmm.
1: and have to sacrifice batteries, backpack, helmet, whatever else you normally craft in order to afford something like this. So I think you sacrifice a great deal in gameplay experience and benefits out of the replicator in order to achieve what used to be a staple of the game, used to be for free. Uh, pick yeah, it up, man.
0: get a three kill. Yeah, there's a difference between, you know, it being in the replicator and while there is that argument of, you know, you have access to it every game. Like, yes, there is a situation now that you never saw in R301 in the previous game. And now that is 100%. It's in your control, it's in your choice of gameplay. 100% it is. Like, it's probably not how we. You know play and how people generally play but the option stands there but the fact that you're just never going to find it randomly on the ground and never going to get it off drop also is kind of like the other thing that it hurts because it's just a gun that you know people picked up and felt confident with from the beginning of the game i don't think there's a gun i feel more happy with finding off drop than an r301 um so i'm really interested to see how it goes you know i didn't really use the flatline longbow when they went in um I'm not. Maybe you probably have more sentiment on the rampage than I do going in. I didn't use the gun as much as you. I think you, it's the most powerful think. weapon in the game. So yeah, yeah, I think it's very,
1: very impactful. But if we are getting a flip flop between the rampage and the Spitfire as the the heavy LMG, yeah, I don't think mm-hmm. I could be bothered. I mean, unless the Spitfire comes back nerfed far to away from where mm-hmm. it was in season eight, season seven. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't really know what we're doing here, to be honest. I'm kind of shook uh, about mm-hmm. what weapons uh, we want people to use. It's weird to me. I, I think the longbow was the most popular sniper in the game prior to mm-hmm. season 11. It then disappeared entirely after going into yep. the replicator. I love the flatline. Um, mm-hmm. My favorite AR, I think, before the Arthur uh, O1. I tried. I tried to craft it. I really did. And it was rare. That gun was absent out of my life. And I do not think that anything will be different with the R301. I think that gun
0: is gone this season, by and large. It's it's fascinating to see. I think what I'm so interested to monitor as... uh, seeing how players work with it is the flatline got nerfed going in. And while we kind of broke it down that it wasn't a major nerf, Mm -hmm. there is still that connotation of the gun is not as good because it was nerfed going in. Does the R301 get nerfed going into the replicator? If it gets nerfed, then yeah, I'm not going to be surprised at all if history repeats itself. I want it to not be nerfed though, just so we can have the case study of does that impact, you know, the player's mentality or how anything works or how you play for the game. What's going to be really interesting to see with this is this is a change that seriously affects comp, though. Like, people replicate in comp like nobody else. They go in the zone for multiple <laughs> rounds to hit multiple replicators and such. I mean, people like, yeah, Flatline's absent from us. Flatline was not absent from pro play in any way, shape, and form. That gun is as popular as ever. And uh, the R301 is definitely going to continue to shine in that area of gameplay. So that's a it's a really interesting decision from that perspective as well for me.
1: I, I hope that even though I see both the R-301 and the Rampage going to the replicator as a gut punch and just a, a really bad thing for the game overall, the best case scenario, now that we're, we are in the reality that we are, is the R-301 gets a little sympathy nerf, and the Flatline gets its nerf reverted. The yes. Flatline comes yes. back without the nerf reverted, and the R-301 goes into the replicator without a nerf, I riot. I, I be riot weird. completely. Be really and weird. it's not just about that. It's about the whole situation. But if that doesn't happen, I feel like we've had a complete breakdown in balanced logic, and yeah. we got big problems for the future.
0: Yeah. We'll talk on this more. And we'll, we're going to figure it out more in the future, but you know, we're, we're running close on time, so let's get through some of this other news. Um, control. It's going to only be returning in the second half of Season 13. They're going to be adding a Join in Progress, and the mode is getting uh, a bit of work, is what is being said. And Respawn are reportedly working on more LTMs for Apex Legends. I think it's weird that they're actually making updates to Control, but they're not releasing it twice now in the Season. It's probably the most popular LTM that's been introduced uh, ever. Because I want to say Winter Expresses, but not a lot of people actually play and like that mode, which breaks my heart. This is just weird to see. I think uh, I don't know why we're not getting it at the start of the season.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I think that it's disappointing. <laughs> it's hard to to look at this kind of news and be super excited. We shouldn't have
0: put these back to back. These no. are tough back to back. It
1: it's difficult because we all like control. I don't think there's anybody that says I don't want control to come back and I hate it. Uh-huh. It's a it's a complete disaster. It's not perfect, but it is fun. Um mm-hmm. join in progress, an excellent addition. I hope we could have gotten yes. that sooner. Um, the the comment that we're working on more LTMs for Apex Legends, I just think
0: is not glad we weren't working on them before.
1: Yeah, it just doesn't <laughs> really sound right. It it's not genuine because at the beginning of this year, in in January, they said that's a major goal for this year. Yeah. Now we're going. More than halfway into the year, saying no original LTM aside from control. And Mm -hmm. to you and I, control isn't really an LTM. That's kind of like a separate game mode that maybe should stay a little longer than the limited time. It's closer to
0: arenas than LTM to me.
1: I think that's accurate. So, you know, maybe some people disagree, but I think an LTM is kind of a BR experience with some rule changes uh, like uh, shotguns
0: and snipers. The, uh, I'm glad that's your example. That was okay. great that it's that was the one a you simple, pulled off the top good of your head. The, the good old days when the G7 was a sniper also. Man. Things were good. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so that's going to be an interesting one. And then last piece of news. Season 13 maps were announced and ranked. The first split will be on Stormpoint. We're going to have World's Edge returning to Pub. No more King's Canyon. So that means our rotation will be World's Edge, Stormpoint, Olympus. Uh, any thoughts? Anything you want to share?
1: world's edge was uh, obviously missed i think yeah, that this it, is going to be a good season in terms
0: of uh, map rotations i hope uh you know storm point the changes help out and it doesn't get the you know kicked while it's down uh by people in the rotation because it, it does suck to see that there's always been kind of one map that's disliked regardless of what's going on around it but We'll talk about that more in uh, future episodes. And that's going to wrap up the rest of our show. So thank you to our producer of the Third Party 10 who support us on Patreon. Subscribe on Apple Pods. Drop a follow on Spotify. And check out the Discord via link in the description. Thanks so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. I'll see you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom. Whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.